Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Tagcash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. The space that you know we're specifically in is called uh, enterprise SaaS, right? And uh, in terms of like the sales process, in terms of scaling the teams, it was I think uh, totally different uh, from what we've done previously before. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences. Without our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 84 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, we're going to be talking to two hustlers that help out other hustlers through their own startup. 
and their names is Stanley Chi and Jeffrey Chan of Sales Candy. Now Stanley and Jeff have a very, very interesting background because they both started out as previous startup founders where they had a mixture of successes and failures. And on their last startup prior to joining forces, they had a common denominator of having problems about the quality of the leads they have for their business. And that's when they founded Sales Candy. Now Jeff and Stan didn't have an easy time despite of their experience. And they will both share the mistakes they had to go through and how they bounced back from all of them, which allowed them to scale all over Southeast Asia. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Sales Candy, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We're going international again. It's been a... It's been uh, quite a habit of ours now where every once in a while we go international and we, we talk to amazing hustlers from Southeast Asia. And today, we have two co-founders who love doing what I love doing as well. It's conning people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's selling. Right. So let's welcome to the show Stanley Chi and Jeffrey Chan of Sales Candy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, guys. It's been uh, this was one of the toughest one that we've had to do because we <laughs> we rescheduled twice, twice or thrice uh, to get this done. But finally, we, we, we get this done. COVID. No, no, no. It's um. So first one, I got a. I didn't get COVID. I got sniffles. I still have a little bit of sniffles now. It's it's uh, it's super humid here in Manila at the moment, and uh-huh. the heat is is crazy. So. You know how it is, like in KL, when you go to a really nicely air conditioned place, and you go out, it's just fucking hot as hell, and you go back in. Yep. Yep. And and I'm bald, yep. so that penetrates your shit, <laughs> right? Uh, right away, and it gives you sniffles every single time. So same thing that's happening now. Yep. It's that time of the year. Tell me about it. Huh? Okay, so guys, um, welcome to Hustle Share. And uh, just like every uh, episode that we've done, guys, what's your hustle? All right. So uh, this is Stanley. Uh, I'll go first. So basically, um, we have an app called Sales Candy. It's a lead management system. So we help our, our clients. We help their salesperson close more sales. Uh-huh. So um, so we are very, very integrated into their um, sales operations. And that is what we hustle about as well. Is okay, to, so- to promote this app. Absolutely. Now... Sales is something that's very close to my heart and my intestines. It, it's it's anything that's in in terms of my internal organs. I love selling, right? And sales is not for everybody. Just like entrepreneurship, right? This is probably one of those mm-hmm. jobs, especially in a business uh, point of view, that people hate doing. I don't know why. Um, again, it's it's probably it's it, it's not suited for everybody. Um, but before I get carried away and talk about sales in general, we'll do that later. I need you to buckle up and go and go KL, and we're gonna ride the hustle share time machine. Okay, so guys, what I want, I want to understand is how you guys started out. So, is this the first time you guys worked together? Well, I'll give, I'll give my version of the story first. Then I okay, go. Can a bit Let's do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think before before. The whole thing happened pretty much in a restaurant, uh, okay. end of twenty sixteen. Okay. So uh, at that time we were sharing, uh, we we were both running a, sep- uh, 
uh, digital agency uh, on our own. So we have two okay. agencies, one each, mm-hmm. and then we are serving some clients. Uh, we have some shared clients that we serve together, uh, mm-hmm. mainly on Facebook lead ads, Google ads, and stuff like that. Uh, lead okay. generation, uh, property developers, uh, education clients. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have been working together at that time, probably for about two years on those accounts. Right. And uh, probably that is uh, how, how I gain uh, uh, respect and also uh, trust uh, um, with, with Jeff because uh, um, we work together on the accounts and we respect each other on our work. Okay. And um, every once in a while, we'll get uh, complaints from our uh, clients. Mainly, they will say um, the lead quality is not good. And uh, it, it, it was uh, tough for us because uh, our teams work very hard to generate those leads. Right. Uh, we optimize it. We, we, we watch the spending and we, we make sure we get good quality leads for them. But uh, what we get is um, these are not good. So when we investigate further, we figure mm-hmm. that they are not, they're not tracking on their sales side. Basically, all the leads ah. are generated. They pass to a salesperson. The feedback they get from a salesperson is leads not good. And when they ask, when do you call? They don't know. Oh, and wow. uh, how, how frequent do you call? You're, you're selling uh, uh, high-end properties. How many right. times do you call before you say the lease is not good, not reachable? They don't know either. The manager have no idea. So, so and the last wow. thing we ask the manager is, do you know if your salesperson can call? Wow. So, so that, we were sitting on that problem for a uh-huh. good one, two years before we wow. decided to do something about it. Yeah. We, actually did, we, went, we went to lawyers and we even you know, researched patents to see whether or not like, people were actually doing this. Because okay. we were like, pretty sure uh, people have done this before, right? Right. But in reality, there's not. That's why you had to <laughs> build it yourself. But I agree because yeah. especially in sales, and I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but the easiest scapegoat when in terms of sales is always when you say the leads are shit, right? And in a, in a, in a perfect salesman's point of view, uh, for me, what I considered a really good salesman is so you can generate a lead from nothing all the way to closing and getting the account closed and nurturing that right thereafter and nurturing their relationship. Salespeople sometimes focus on, hey, you know what? I'm not converting. I'm doing the same shit all the all over and over again and not changing it up and not putting the human component on it. And the easiest one to blame is like the leads are shit, right? So, sorry, I'm getting sniffle. So, if you're listening to this and you're hearing sniffling sound, that is not the sound effect. That's my nose. Sorry. <laughs> okay, but uh, before we discuss this, I totally agree. You know, it's easiest. The easiest scapegoat is the leads. I want to go back though. Um, let's start with uh, Stan first. Stan, you, you studied in a Arizona State University, the school of James Harden. My goodness. Are you yeah. familiar with James Harden? No, I'm not actually. James Harden is a popular, that, uh, the beard, basketball, NBA basketball player, a former oh, MVP. Okay. Wow. So he, he, he's, a, right. he's a former alum. So uh, what was it like growing up for you guys? Uh, so let's start with you, Stan. And what, studying in, in the States, um, took up engineering and, uh, and whatnot. What was that like? And what was the previous hustles that you did uh, before? I think it was a absolute, uh, absolutely a privilege uh, for, for, for me to get a chance to actually study there. So um, before that, I was doing some uh, tuning program in uh, KL to, to try to save some money because it's quite expensive to go to US. But eventually, I was in uh, Arizona States and I, was studying, uh, I started with electrical. 
then decided wow. to go to computer systems. Wow. And that was also the era of the dot-com, the last dot-com. Dot com. So it was Boom. interesting to, yeah, to see what is possible mm-hmm. and uh, how, what, what could be created and what is innovation like. I think probably one thing that the uh, um, United States education system uh, taught me about would probably be uh, innovation. And, and basically yeah. everything in the world is between your reach or my reach if I choose to. Yeah, Correct. so I I think that was uh, what probably one one key take home for me from uh, Arizona State. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember I had a hustler here with one of the uh, who's also studied in the states. Uh, previous guest, they told me uh, back then the biggest spenders on Google Ads and whatever ads were doing was was schools. They wanted I don't know how much they make it rain, the, and the CPMs were super high back then. Because they make bank on on I mean, education and whatnot. What was the biggest challenge growing up, though? Because again, uh, you know, it's never easy coming from a minority point of view. Asians are not uh, are, are usually they say at the bottom of the totem pole. I don't know why. Um, but uh, was there any challenges uh, being going to school there? And did you do any side hustle uh, while while studying in the states? Um. um. I spent about a good five years there. I was studying three and a half years and I worked for one and a half year. So I grew up pretty much in KL, in, in uh, Chiras, particularly in Malaysia. So uh, I think uh, being there, I think one big um, one, one big challenge I faced at the very beginning would be the English uh, language. So uh, back then, my primary language was Mandarin or Chinese. Okay. So it took me a while to actually switch over to English. But then now, it's hard for me to switch back to Mandarin. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally converted so already. I think, um, yeah. So about hustling, I think um, I was one of probably, uh, yeah, just now you mentioned when you started the show, you did mention that you like hustling and all this, and I didn't. Um, I, I'm not a salesperson to, to begin with, and I, I hate selling, to, to be honest. Oh, wow. But then it's a, eventually I, I pick up the skill, I acquire the skill, and I, I start to like it now. I, I could do it uh, easily if I want to. Wow. But uh, when I when I was studying back in uh, Arizona, wow. uh, I, I I was a I was a tech guy. I I'm still tech at heart. So right. uh, I always think that if I were to start something, I would be the guy behind the scene, doing yeah. all the technology stuff, coding or whatever. Okay. But it seems like uh yeah, it doesn't work out as planned. Right, and all of a sudden you develop sales skills, and uh, you you not knowingly you're already a great salesman. Now let's talk about Jeff here, real quick. Uh, Jeff, how was you, you studied in University of Toulouse? Um, right. Um, where how how was growing up like? Where were you had? Did you have any sales background, or did you enjoy selling while well, growing up? Yeah. So I think I guess like for me it's a bit different because. Okay. Uh, uh, like for me, actually, what I did was I graduated in uh, a degree in hospitality, which is like yeah. totally not relevant with like what advertising I'm doing right now or right, like, right. The, you know the tech industry that we're in right now. Um, but I guess I was quite lucky in the sense um, my first job that I landed okay. uh, was in a digital advertising agency uh, oh, back wow. then. Uh, it was called Leo um, Burnett, okay. and then subsequently I tried uh, kind of you know through my experience in like you know, running my own agency and also uh, kind of working for Leo Burner. That was where, you know, where I really truly honed the skills of, you know, that, that sales pitch, making my own sales decks. Yeah. That's uh, going through that, that tough, the tough hurdle of, of like, you know, um, pitching to clients. Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, this is a question for both of you. Uh, you mentioned that you know sales wasn't a natural thing, and I think nobody is a born salesman per se. You develop it as you grow, right? Like for me, um, I was I stutter all the time. I don't know, and then I have this tendencies over talking, blah blah blah. But through repetition, you become better, and you you know what works and what doesn't for you. For you guys, um, what was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome in terms of selling? Because again. Sometimes most most of it actually is it's it's uh it's innate. You have to overcome your own fears. You have to overcome your own in- insecurities because you know sometimes what you what you want to say in your head and what the script would be, what the pitch would be from beginning to end. But it's a skill more and, and an art at the same time. What was the biggest hurdles you had to overcome to become good at sales? Yeah. Uh- so I guess like with uh, yeah, so like I guess with sales candy it was I think a totally different level for us. You know, partly because back then we were selling you know Google ad inventories, we were selling Facebook ad inventories, or even like LinkedIn inventories, right? Right. And those are you know products that are relatively proven, and you know um, those kind of products um, they already have uh, the kind of brand awareness where whereby the purchasing intent is already there. And something that, you know, I guess uh, with Sales Candy itself, like, you know, building a product from scratch, selling a product from scratch, or even, you know, when we first started, right, what if I told you uh, we actually had this journey of actually getting early adopters without actually having a product yet. Right. So we actually got about uh, four clients uh, in getting, you know, paying us upfront about 50,000 US dollar uh, so that they can commit to the product. (laughs) <laughs> before they actually got any product at all. And probably, yes. Yeah, the start that. of the yeah. sales candy stories three years ago. No, absolutely. Yeah, and, so, and that's so, the hardest um, part. Because imagine <laughs> getting people to pay up front. It's hard because it's easy. I mean, it's already hard for someone to commit to being an early adopter. But to pay up 50 grand up front for nothing yet, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so so what actually happened is uh, this this is not actually my first uh, um, business or startup. Okay. In fact, it's the third one that I'm actively involved in. Oh wow! So uh, and I told you I, I hate selling, right? Mm. So uh, what I figured, I, I was telling Jeff, hey, I don't want to sink like a couple hundred thousand USD um, into this develop developing this software and then try to sell it. So why don't we change the, the game? Why don't we just start selling first? If, if you can't sell, then forget about it. Let's save the money and just just right, chill. Right. Uh, so, so we figured, uh, let's start proposing. We, uh, I mean, we, we run agencies, so we can put to, uh, be, with the designer, we put together some deck, right. some mock-up and all this, like how, how it should look like, the apps, how, it, how the user experience like for the salesperson, sales manager and all this. So we go to our prospect uh, clients with like um, probably uh, 40 slides. I, I still have the deck. Okay. Basically, we just start telling them, uh, we think this is your problem. They say, yeah, it is. And I think we possibly have a solution. And they say, yeah, it could work. Um, how, how much is it? Um, can, can we have it now? Can we use it yeah. now? They say, no, it's not. We, we, um, it's still an idea. We don't have money to build it. But if you put it, uh, deposit now, uh, we give you a super good deal and we deliver it in four months. And we got wow. four clients signed up. Uh, we talked to all together probably about 20 prospects. So it was about 20, uh, 20% commission, which is not what? bad with uh, 40 likes that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was back in 2017. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. Now, um, before I uh, take our first break with you guys, I want to understand. So, you obviously, um, after your first hustles and whatnot, so um, 
you said you guys already had previous businesses. I want to find out how. What are the things you did, and did you uh, fail or did you succeed on those? And what were the learnings you uh, took from each experience that you guys did? We'll start with right. you, Jeff. Um, I mean, Sam. Sorry, my bad. To yeah. All right. All right. I'll, I'll start. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for me, um, the first business that I was a uh, um, well, actually, there's a few small business okay. hustles here and there as well. So let's focus on those that I spend more time in. Okay. So the first one that uh, that is meaningful would be uh, Off Gamers. It's okay. actually an online uh, online game um, uh, B two C e commerce store. But, um, uh-huh. We started with Diablo two items. So you were a CTO then back with, then. Uh, um, yeah, I, I was a CTO back then. So um, wow. two other co-founders are actually my brothers. Oh, so uh, okay. Ken and Leonid. Okay. So um, that company, we have grew it up to a peak. We have about 180 staff. Right now, what? we are hovering about 110, 120. What? Yeah, wow. So, uh, <laughs> that, that was the very first uh, business I was in. Uh, it, it's still running now. Uh, uh, in fact, I think uh, during uh, COVID, I think they are doing quite, quite well in uh, online giving. But I, I left that business uh, in terms of uh, ma- management. I left the management probably about um, 11 years ago. Oh no, sorry, about nine years ago, 2011. Uh, that's when I actually uh, uh, came out and started an agency, digital agency on my own. So um, that is uh, quite a big shift because um, um, before that, uh, with 100 over staff, basically it's quite steady, nine to five, Monday to Friday. Right, right. And then suddenly I jumped back to an eight-man team. Startup, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, digital ag- agency, hustling. So I was doing sales in the morning. I was doing proposal at night. It was quite miserable for, for a good right. few years. Yeah. So, and the digital agency, I eventually, uh, after we started uh, Sales Candy, uh, we uh-huh. figured that there could be some potential conflict with uh, our other agency that we work with. So, uh, I decided to actually uh, um, uh, sell it to another uh, person that, mm. that uh, won a digital agency to expand his services. So, that was my, my journey. All right. Not for you, yeah, Jeff. I guess, um, yeah, I guess for me, it's uh, so like you know when I was working for uh, uh, LB, um, uh-huh. I was kind of like, hey, you know, I really want to try and do my own thing. So okay. I started like uh, my own agency okay. uh, together with another partner uh, uh, because I guess of like the direction of the business. Uh, the, the the agency kind of failed. So basically, like uh, before sales candy, I was I, I ran about uh, I guess about five six different startups. So uh-huh. and out of those six startups, the very very first one that I played around with was kind of a business that uh, I previously actually built. Right. So I actually built I I I I found this kind of uh, skincare provider who could ship products from Korea. And oh, wow. because uh, some some parts of it was wasn't really scalable, and right. so I had, to, I had to close the business. Right then, after that, I joined LB. Uh, whereby uh, after that, you know, I, I actually made the fail, uh-huh. and then it was kind of the last straw for me. Right, and I was like, uh, let's just do it myself, and okay. uh, let's just, just see where it goes. Yeah, okay. I was about I was about like what um, ten thousand US dollar in debt in credit card mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. And it was like a last straw for me, like one one last straw for me to run an agency, and somehow I pulled myself out from from that and kind of made yeah. my first business out of it. And subsequently, mm-hmm. I kind of branched out into uh, a few e-commerce stores of mine, right. and 
and all the while, I guess I've, I've always wanted to kind of play around with uh, or kind of build a, a tech company of my own, right? So back then, I've, I've gone through you know, so many ideas and subsequently, it was just that one particular moment with Stanley, whereby it was during that lunch, he was like, why don't we... So we've been, we've been, you know, like we've, we've been talking about this for you know, over a year. <laughs> and then he was like, let's just do this. Okay, since you say you can curse in this, this uh, podcast, right? So, so we're right. bitching about uh, some, some of the, the people that we're building with. It's like right, right. about all leads. And we know we work very hard for those leads. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, but, but we weren't sitting on the problem. We were sitting on it. We, we just, um, it's just a good thing for us to talk about and just laugh about it. But eventually that, in that restaurant we decided to do something different alright sounds good now let's take our first break and when we come back let's talk more about sales we can talk about this all day but we're going to try to put it in <laughs> within an hour because again sales is something that also the world needs at the moment right we have to pivot the way people sell at the moment especially in the uh, uh, the in the era of, or of this, this pandemic but let's talk about that more after the break Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Jeff and Stan of Sales Candy. Okay, so before the break, you already told us what, what your backgrounds were, how you guys eventually started out. Now, let's talk about one thing, because I'm very curious. You guys were, you had your, bo- your businesses uh, separately, and you decided to merge... Uh, like a transformer and become a mega transformer or uh, 
uh, Power Rangers and whatnot. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember that shit in the nineties, but you know, um, this is uh, interesting because you guys are both top dogs in what you guys do. You had a common enemy. The common enemy is like people were throwing shit at the leads, but I'm pretty sure there's more than that that you had to give up for, for this the setup to work. What were the early challenges you had to go through to make this uh, this uh, union uh, work out? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, this time. So basically, I think one of the um, I think uh, let's look at the what what worked first. I think uh, one of the things uh, that that happened was that uh, in fact. Uh, the agency that we run or the services that we run actually overlap. But oh. we have a gentleman agreement. I mean, we take care of our part and we kept that agreement. In okay. fact, uh, any of us could have said, you know what, let's kick the other side yeah. out. So that, that lasted for two years and uh, that's, that's where the, the trust was built. So that was what worked. And then uh, when we put this together, uh, well, we didn't we didn't actually uh, merge them per se. Uh, we actually started a new company because uh, another story that we didn't tell is... Uh, before we launched our product, we actually went to crowdfunding and raised about uh, 300,000 years now. So that was another hustling that, uh, that we did. <laughs> Even so, that, and um, how to raise 300,000 of the crowdfunding, you have, to be, you have to have an amazing product that you did. And that's also selling, right? But the, the sales yeah, pitch is... a lot of selling. So. <laughs> how, how did you guys raise 300K on a crowdfunding source? Because this is equity-free. It was based yes. on that for contracts. Okay. Uh, it's, it's equity actually. It's equity crowdfunding. Ah, uh, it's okay. not just for the product. Yeah. So that the the investor per se have a have a a, a stake in the company now. Ah. Okay. Perfect. So, but but then uh, how we went to sell to them is uh, we tell them that even without the product, we sold four contracts, wow. and this is the money that's already sitting in our bank accounts. Okay. So yeah. So we leverage on that and uh, we uh, raise fund to further develop the the version two of the of the product. That yeah. is amazing. So um. <laughs> so, so for us, uh, we started. Uh, we, we didn't merge the company per se. We actually started a new company because we, we know the future we want for this uh, the, this product or this baby. Uh-huh. So, uh, I think probably one of the challenge for me personally at the beginning is uh, to run the agency at the site yeah. and also run this full time. So that was quite a challenge because even oh, running the agency was quite struggle. Morning, morning meeting. Uh, a night proposal, and now there's another new baby. <laughs> That's so that, true. That was my struggle uh, in terms of uh, juggling these two. Yeah. I have a similar setup now where I'm running podcasts. Actually, I'm doing three things technically. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm running the company that I eventually sold. Uh, I mean, I'm still I'm still running the company that I sold uh, two years ago to so Chatbot BH. Um, that's a more mature company, and it's really straightforward. We build, we build chatbots, and for Podcast Network Asia, it's literally a baby. It has less than 10 employees. So I know the drill that you have to literally do all these things from top to bottom. And it's very media-driven. And then I also have to run this podcast. And you can only do so much. But one thing, and I think this is where we're common. In Podcast Network Asia, I have a very reliable, reliable co-founder. Similar to your experience, you've worked together before. Mm-hmm. That allows me to be able to mm-hmm. focus on the other one, uh, where I'm the only mm-hmm. one really doing that. And that's a dynamic that I see that you guys do well. Now, for your perspective, Jeff, how, how did the, what were the challenges you had to go through? Because, again, I'm pretty sure this is not easy because, you know, it's the agency works. There's 300K in, in worth of crowdfunding. There's 50,000 from, the, from the, the client. But 
it's definitely there's going to be more uh, challenges than that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. The space that you know we're specifically in is called uh, enterprise SaaS, right? And yeah. um, the in terms of like the sales process, in terms of scaling the teams, it was I think uh, totally different uh, from what we've done previously before. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that was kind of a learning curve uh, for us as well, like in terms of scaling the tech side of things, scaling the sales team, scaling the CST. Uh, was I think like the past two years was uh, really kind of I mean a roller coaster ride for both of us as well. Yeah. Right, yeah, like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. at least so you have like each other, yeah. right? And but, top, and that's the beauty top, of it. And, mm. mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. And on top, and on top of that, uh, even though we went through our first VC round of funding, we went through every single uh, wrong uh, wrong pitching skills, what we should have included in the deck, went through all the faults that we could have gone through, and yet we still pulled out through, through those uh, positions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about those wrong things, because uh, more more than the right things, a lot of people will learn from the wrong things. And that's just what, what we want to share also here in Hustle Share, right? That, okay, what were the things that you did wrong? So that, that other people can learn from. Because a lot of people was like, ah, oh, shit, okay. So people always say, okay, do this, do this, do this, right? And they already told you what works. But you can actually learn more from what didn't work from people so you don't make the same mistake, right? What were the things That's that right. you did wrong? So I guess for me, because I, you know, I, I manage uh, more towards the uh, sales and marketing and uh, the support team, so I guess for me, it was, it was really about um, uh, getting the basics right in terms of selling the product. Okay. Uh, that it, so I guess, you know, when we started selling from, I guess, from a founder level, you know, right. our sales uh, uh, positions are quite strong or yes. whatnot. But when we try to scale it across, you know, five different sales PDMs, five different, five, five, five different sales uh, SDRs, uh, then that, uh, uh, I guess, was a kind of a learning curve for me as well. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me it was um, uh, getting back to basics uh, right. in terms of, of um, uh, I guess what really makes a good sales pitch right is Correct. Uh, the nitty gritty details, handling objections, mm-hmm. uh, and also I guess um, the kind of uh, uh, how do I how do I say that soft skills? Uh, what kind? Of, that soft skills where you kind of uh, you know, I can discover like uh, what's his body language like. Right, right. Does, does he because have like the end of the day, intention? That, yeah. That's half of the sale. That's exactly. half of the sale. My my yeah. my my biggest. I learned this from Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Um, he's my idol in terms of selling. I'm not not what he did in the drug side of things. I never do that shit. Well, I'm talking about like, dude, this guy's amazing with the straight his straight line method. That you know, every sale is the same from beginning. Uh, from opening to close. The only difference is that how you're going to control those healthy boundaries. And you dictate that through body language, being likable and whatnot. Uh, And that's that's important. And I totally agree with what you said. At the founder level, it's easy to get it out because it comes from your heart, right? You know it through by heart, by by mind. But by replicating yourself through other people, the, the success rate isn't as that. And also, you have to motivate them. And I hate to say it, but... The greatest salespeople are only motivated by one thing and one thing alone, money. 
Because if you're not gonna, you're not if you don't want to make money, and you're not supposed to be on fucking sales. That's that's that that's that's what it is. And greed is good in in this type of environment. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, what I under, want to understand is that okay, you let's talk about how you zero in the importance of having the proper leads, qualifying the right lead. Because if you have shit leads, which again, that's the problem you're trying to solve. How, uh, before, how did you double down in solving that problem so that nobody can tell you shit like, no, what, what, what bad leads are you talking about? These are gold leads. Uh, and there's one thing that I remember too. So I'll just segue a little bit. Are you guys familiar with Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Uh, the always be closing uh, um, uh, scene. That, you know, that there's, that's like the, the best uh, scene. I'll put it on the show notes. It's the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross scene with Alec Baldwin. Where he berated her selling um, real estate leads. And the salespeople were saying the leads were shit. It's like, no, you just kept wasting the fucking leads, right? Now, and that's the thing. That's what you guys were able to do here. Make sure that you have solid leads. Now, it's up to the salesman to convert. How did you make uh, that happen? All right. Jeff, you want to join me on this? Uh, Jeff is the one who was in the group, the sales thing. Maybe you can do this last time. Yeah. yeah, no problem. So basically, I think uh, internally, so we, we have two, um, we, we always have to be very mindful that there are two processes, uh, uh, two uh, different process that we are we are uh, referring to right right here. So internally we are enterprise SaaS, so we are a B two B company. So the sales process and the lead process will be quite different from our clients, which is actually okay. consumer facing. We only we actually only sign up uh, mainly consumer facing uh, clients. So oh, wow. like property developers, private education, uh, credit cards, uh, personal loan, automotive. Right. So the process is quite different, I'll say. So internally for our process, uh, we actually have a set of qualifying, probably about five, six questions mm-hmm. in terms of what would be a good fit to our product. Okay. So the importance is always being uh, mindful that uh, we, we may not be able to serve everyone. Uh, in, 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 I mean, yeah, we, we have to be specific right. on who we are serving, which market, uh, which verticals. And uh, of course, the challenge is always uh, um, the grid comes in, right? Like, yeah. why do we expand that market? Why do we try another verticals? But the problem with that is uh, we are, we are um, taking on more risk because uh, that market may have not been proven. The vertical may have not been proven. While we have a proven market of vertical here, let's say in Malaysia, in Philippines, in Indonesia, uh-huh. and this is where we should double down and uh, uh, hire more and also uh, advertise more. And too, because these leads are already converting at whatever rates or, right. or conversion rates it is. So I think uh, uh, for us is uh, qualifying them through the, the four or five questions that we have, mm-hmm. and at the same time being uh, focused, staying focused. Because again, our um, outbound our outbound telemarketers would, would be telling us, "Hey, we we have uh, we have uh, gone through every single uh, possible leads here already. Should we explore new market? Should we try another vertical?" So it's it's very tempting uh, yeah. at a lot of time, but uh, it's important for us to say, "No, we need to grind on. We need to make sure we get we get through." Maybe the yeah. 10 knock on the door, we get the appointment, maybe the 11, yeah. So um, uh, that's what, 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 what we practice in sales can be. Got it. Jeff, you were saying something? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was imagining things like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So 
how do you make sure that the product converts? Because SaaS is one of the hardest um, business models out there, right? And but if SaaS is done right, also um, it converts a lot. And there's a lot of great SaaS companies uh, who got it done right. How did you make sure that you pivoted, or at least you structured the pro- the, the process? Because SaaS basically automates a lot of a lot of rudimentary um, manual things, right? Through a software platform from top mm-hmm. to bottom. Especially in sales, I mm-hmm. think what we're automating here is lead conversion, right? From you said you said it earlier, uh, Stan, mm-hmm. that you know uh, from qualifying all the way to conversion and whatnot. What's the commitment, and what, mm-hmm. how did you guys structure that in a way that uh, there's not much drop off from each level of conversion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess yeah. if you look at the manual way of uh, lead management, right? So it could be through maybe perhaps you know Salesforce, right? Uh, Marketing HubSpot, Cloud, whatever. Through HubSpot, it could yep. be through, uh, or even through the most manual way, right? Uh, Google Google Sheets or Trello, and yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, in, in some sort of sense, there's just a lot of manual process uh, that does come into play. Right. So, for example, um, when um, the lead comes in, uh, uh, let's say, for example, I'll just give you those 10 leads and you right. act on those. I, 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 it's a, on a trust level that you act on those 10 leads. Right? And right. one of the features that we really liked about, you know, we thought about you know, a lot of the on-demand apps, you know, like Uber, Grab, Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, people, you know, when you at a step of finger, they'll be able to get, uh, you know, services that they really want with a push of a button, right? Right. And that's one of the things that we really wanted to bring uh, with Sales Candy as well, right? So in a sense, when people accept those leads, uh, they can't accept other leads until they act on that lead that they accepted. Uh, so essentially, if you think about it, uh, Grab optimizes, you know, the performance in terms of uh, how how fast you actually pick yeah. up the passenger? How fast you you drop off the passenger? So for us, is you know, uh, what has has there been any action that has been taken on this lead? How long you know between those intervals? And was that you know essentially you know as a salesperson, do you knock on him five times, six uh-huh. times, or is it just one time, right? And yeah. we kind of want to take those uh, kind of data and kind of create uh, that kind of algorithm into the you know the routing sequence. Okay. And the users of Sales Candy would always obviously be the management to see from a macroscopic view how many salespeople and the salespeople would then be thrown leads to, right? So that and what I like about with you guys is that the 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 salespeople cannot cherry pick because you know some people cherry pick like oh, I don't want to do that you know fuck this it's a weak lead right again it's 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 always the scapegoat that leads are are shit but if people are then forced to act on it, right? Hey, like a great salesperson doesn't care if it's a cow or a fucking chicken. You're you're gonna fucking sell that shit, right? Yep, absolutely. I think we, we work very close with the uh, let's say Facebook. We actually uh, invited uh, Facebook to talk in a few of our events as well. So one of the thing again, Facebook plays the same issue, right? There are Facebook lead ads and they're generating tons of leads for for um, let's say property developers. Yep. And again, they get the same feedback. These are not good. I think it's yep. just a standard uh, feedback. Uh, and it's a fuzzy feedback. It's like, which leads are not good? No, generally. And they don't pinpoint. It's like, it's just generally not good. But then what we figure is uh, with our clients, uh, when we start tracking every single 
activities and all the way from a lead submission from a Facebook lead form all the way to closing. We actually start seeing a few closing that happen in six days from mm. Facebook inquiry to closing. Wow. And you're saying that that leads are not good. So, so when we start having all these stats, uh, things change uh, in a few ways. Uh, those that, those that um, to the performing salesperson, of course, they love it. They are the one that are actually bugging the manager to say, why didn't you download me the leads every hour from Facebook? Because I want it hot. I don't want it after right. five days. Correct. And for the non-performing, they start to they start to believe. They start to say, "Oh, actually, Facebook leads can be closed. It's no longer just a myth. It's no longer just another phone call that you have to follow up and lead to nowhere." Mm. So, so that's what we found uh, uh, from from the users and the, the accounts that uh, are using our system right now. Yeah. All right, that's amazing. Now let's take our last break, and when we come back, let's talk more and pay it forward. So those people that want to make money and want to generate uh, convert leads. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. 
Hey Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023 and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the final part. We're still with Jeff and Stan of Sales Candy. So before the break, you you already told us about you know the importance of qualifying leads and how to not use scapegoat and how you guys do that in Sales Candy. I'm very curious because you're not just based in KL. It's you're you're also you also have staff here in Manila. So shout out to Mika Baliwat who again made this happen. To shout out to you, sorry for for for, for uh, rescheduling twice. My bad. Okay. Um. Um. How did you scale this across Southeast Asia? And how do you make sure that, again, the leads are always fresh across each territory? Okay. Uh, let me take this question. So this time again. So I, I think, um, um, let, let's be honest. Uh, we are three years old. We are still trying to crack it, to be very honest. So uh, we have it going in Malaysia. So now we scale to Philippines and Indonesia. Uh, we just assemble our team actually beginning of the year. Um, wow. We have our VP uh, of sales on board uh, in, in November last year. So wow. we assembled our uh, Manila and uh, Jakarta team pretty much in January, February, right before the COVID. Mm-hmm. So uh, wow. we got things going. We, we saw the momentum. We saw the number of leads coming in. Uh, in our industry, B2B is slightly different because we have a finite uh, number of leads. Like there's mm-hmm. only so many insurance agencies. In there's correct. only so many insurance companies in the market. There's only so many active developers in the market that has, uh, let's say, a sales team of 5 and 10 and above. Correct. So, um, which is quite different from consumer facing. Yeah. So, for our case, uh, it's actually uh, cycling through the list to, to uh, eventually uh, find different ways uh, uh, to get to that account. So, uh, marketing is playing with uh, account-based marketing. to trying to find ways to get to the person in charge through a uh, uh, um, physical package that we did delivered to them, it could be through uh, very targeted uh, advertising. So these are all the different methods they were trying from marketing side. Uh, we, okay. we started uh, making appointments through all these uh, 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 telemarketers. Okay. So these are some of the uh, process that we are doing right now in terms of our own uh, sales pipeline. Yeah. That's good. Now, in terms of managing the team, again, it's not easy to manage a team, uh, regardless of how small it is in multiple territories, right? I mean, yeah, technology can bridge that gap uh, as much as we want, but how, 
what are the secrets or, or not, 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 don't divulge everything. Um, what are, what's the structure like to make sure that each, each team member is on tip top shape? And again, they convert because, you know, in, in a sales environment, that's the most important thing conversion and, you know, the pipeline moves. Because if the pipeline bogs down somewhere, then we're fucked, right? How do you make that work? Mm-hmm. All right, and I, I guess think, like, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, um, um, what I can recall is uh, we, we start having a daily, uh, I think rhythms are very important. The weekly okay. meeting that happen every single uh, week on at the same time, uh, okay. same length, uh, duration, okay. and uh, going through the same numbers and daily huddles. So, uh, everyone, every, every, we call ourselves candy holics. Uh, yeah. Um, nothing to do with us liking whiskey, but uh, yeah, candy holics. <laughs> so um, every every day, every candy holics in at least one daily huddle, and that okay. daily huddle lasts probably about five minutes, ten minutes, okay. max fifteen minutes. So it's like so a I stand up rhythm. Yeah, it's just okay. uh, for us now. We all work remote, so right. uh, it was kind of like a, um, a over calls, over Zoom call, yeah. over Google Google Meet. Mm. Yeah, so I think that rhythm is important. There's okay. also when we actually officially say, let's start today. We, I only started doing this probably uh, last year, about uh, October. Oh, wow. So, uh, and there's a lot of interesting findings at the very beginning. We, we actually have people that overslept. We have people that uh, missed the call. So okay. I think um, at the end, it's a, it's a lot about discipline. When you yes. talk. Yes. But sales uh, personally is a lot of discipline. Of course, uh, everyone could say that they are not lucky or they are lucky, they got these leads, they don't get the leads. But in the long run, if you want to consistently close sales, it's all about um, yeah, that discipline. Every day you still do it. Every day, whether you close or not, whether the call get through or not, whether you get hanged up or not, you still do the same thing. I, I think that's what actually uh, works. So I think for us, uh, having the rhythm uh, is something that we see working. Absolutely. And especially in sales too, again, you're, you're, you're selling a sales product. You have to be persistent and disciplined to have mm-hmm. that same vigor every single day. Mm-hmm. Because if that, mm-hmm. if that's the, some, that's the soft scale that doesn't come through, it will also reflect in the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess something that really worked out for us was, uh, so during the inception of the company, we uh, already had this culture of uh, two days work from home uh, mm-hmm. each week. Okay. So through, I guess, like through those uh, work from home policy, right? It kind of uh, built that internal culture of doing con calls from your home, Got it. Uh, and also kind of like built that cadence. You know, uh, mm. initially when we first started, okay. uh, we actually had about four BDMs that were based in Malaysia. Okay. And subsequently, you know, we actually branched out, sent sent two to Indonesia, sent, and we had one in Philippines. Okay. And then suddenly, you know, like uh, instead of just having two days con. Calls uh, through the uh, headset. Now we're literally doing it throughout every single day, right? Oh, wow. Uh, we, we deal with different teams in different time zones and sure. in different countries. Yeah. As long as Mahal is the same everywhere, that's, that's okay. Mahal is the same uh, in Indonesia, Malaysia, and in the Philippines. And Kambing also. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. Kambing <laughs> is the same everywhere. And Gulai. Really? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Gulai is gulai. Two important words. Yep. Kanan is the same. Um, so you won't oh. get lost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. No, we have a lot of borrowed Malay uh, Bahasa words. And I don't know. I don't know why Filipinos don't know that. It's, it, it, it's, uh, 
it's it's a it's weird, but we have a lot of very similar uh na- I mean cu- cultures and then uh stuff. Okay, before I get carried away and talk about irrelevant stuff, okay, let's talk about sales, right? This is important for companies who are um who are in this pandemic, which is again, we're all in the same storm, not in the same boat, right? Um how do we capitalize and how do we use sales candy to make sure that there is uh, a pipeline that that needs to be worked on? Jeff, yeah, I think this. Yeah, so uh, in the past, I guess, one month, uh, we've kind of released uh, two iterations of um, our COVID internal data that we kind of uh, share our insights of what's happening with uh, uh, incoming leads actions and also uh, what do you expect from because uh, you know uh, us as a lead management company uh, about I, I would say about 80 percent 85 percent of our leads come from uh, Facebook and Google okay. particularly more from Facebook about, I think I guess about 65 percent of our leads come from Facebook okay. uh, so basically you know we what we did was uh, we do understand these are kind of turbulent times okay. and uh, we wanted to kind of uh, uh, do as much hand-holding as possible, kind of answer as much questions uh, mm-hmm. our clients really needed, or even, or even prospects as well, right? Because, you know, uh, we wanted to kind of sh- sh- share with them exactly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why exactly cost bullets are going down, why cost bullets are going up, mm-hmm. uh, and how do you manage, uh, you know, as, as people were kind of being uncertain about uh, the digital space, mm-hmm. uh, eventually what we see is, you know, within the six, next six or nine months, uh, a lot of people or even the digital space itself will be even more crowded because if you think yep. if you look at it uh, everybody's there now looks at, who, who looks at billboards right now right who looks at uh, uh, conventional methods of advertising whereby now all the eyeballs are on you know on digital yep so I, I think uh, to, to I mean uh one of one of our core values are uh, awesome wipes. So we actually see the opportunity in every every difficulty. So COVID is a difficulty now, but the 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 end of the tunnel, I think uh, what could come up good for us is the first the the, the white uh, uh, adoption of a uh, Zoom calls and uh, um concord even yep. for the uh, older generation. Yep. So uh, all this while I, our meeting is still very physical. It's still like we have to travel there, find a car park, meet up for half an hour, uh, one hour, sometimes being late. I mean, sometimes we have to wait for the, the, the clients. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we only can do probably max three meetings per, per, per day. And that's KL. Indonesia, probably two. Manila, probably two, I yeah. assume. So um, with this, actually, we could have done six to eight. If every call is only four or five minutes over Zoom call, we jump from one to the other, and usually they start and end pretty much on time. So yes. I, I think these are all the opportunities that can come up after COVID. I mean, uh, and this are uh, this speed up the whole transition to conference call for at least ten years, I would say. Exactly. So, so these are all the uh, opportunities that we saw, and also uh, in terms of the the leads that we are tracking, there are still leads coming in. There are still transactions being made, uh, even though uh, a mid um, situation like this, there are still. Uh, real estate properties being sold, so uh, there are still um, there are still uh, sales activities going on, and ourselves uh, sales can be we actually uh, double down in our uh, online advertising because CPM is very cheap now, cost of okay. is very cheap exactly. now. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah that, that's what we advise our clients to do as well. Yeah. 
All right. Again, thank you very much, Jeff and Stan. Appreciate it. Now, Jeff and Stan, if they do want to use Sales Candy and reach out to you, what do they do and how do they do that? Well, they can just uh, come to salescandy.com or uh, through through our LinkedIn page. Just reach out to uh, any of our uh, Candy Holics and uh, we'll, we'll pass you to the right sales or to either me or Jeff directly. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And if you did uh, say some sh- uh, jargon, it's going to be in the show notes, hustleshare.com. And uh, that's also where you're going to find that video that I was talking about to you earlier. And again, if you do want to get involved in how we grow the show, just go to the Hustle Share community on Facebook. And if you have any questions, go to the uh, Hustle Share chatbot at m.me slash hustle share powered by chatbot.ph. Again, Jeff and Stan, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.